I'm going to pray, and I'm, I really believe that this is a, this is a, a very a strategic, monumental word today, and uh, it, um, I'm just going to pray. I almost jumped in. Lord Jesus, you are the king of the only lasting realm, and you um, came preaching that kingdom, that realm, and every one of us, if linked to you, we are all a part of that realm, and I thank you for it, and I thank you that um, we are invited and asked by you to live there and bring it here, and I just, um, I ask that you would remove everything that we've ever been taught or believed that would contradict or fight or protect against the only safe place, your kingdom, in Jesus' name, amen. And, um, all right, all right. So, um, if you're not doing kids, if you can come in, I'd really appreciate it. This is, yeah, can we go in there and tell them? Thank you so much. Um, so, uh, wow. Okay, um, you know how when you have so much to say and you, you want to, um, you want to start somewhere, but it's all the same thing, so you don't know where to start, and somebody would say, well, start at the beginning, but... There, when you're talking about something that doesn't have one, it's just, you know, it's amazing. So, uh, wow. Um, something happened to me two days ago, internally, nothing really external at all. Uh, are the Murrays here? <laughs> okay, so, um, Jonathan, you just stand up, it's going to embarrass you. So, this guy, if you don't know, has a, um, has a counseling gift on his life. Um, he, uh, he ha not just a listening ear, which sometimes could just be determined to be not talking a lot, but actually a listening ear. And um, he asks the probing questions, but there's an anointing besides that. And um, I, just, I just wanted to just, just say that in front of everybody, because you, you, you play very heavily into this. So that's really it. I just wanted to say that. Very good. Yeah. Thank you. Yes, okay. Um, yeah. Um, so... Anyway, practically with that, this is this is this is getting very interesting because I'm already starting to kind of go there, and I'm still trying to talk about practice. So this is this is really potent. So, um, but just practically, I just want to say that uh, if any of you uh, do call me for counseling, I'm going to ask if he can be there. And for those of you that don't feel comfortable with that, that's fine. But um, I just know that this man is being raised up to to counsel in the spirit, and um, the best way to do this is to catch it. You know what I mean? You don't read a book on how to counsel in the spirit. I mean, God bless people that have written books, written books on counseling in the spirit. But you know, just like you don't read a book on evangelism to go evangelize, you go evangelize with somebody that he does. Or you, you see, this is the kingdom. It's very personal. It's very touch and taste and see. Um, okay, I'm gonna pray. We're just gonna jump in here one more time. I gotta pray again. I just, I'm probably gonna do this all through the whole thing. So, Lord, um, thank you for those that are here right now. And um, I know that you are building on these. Um, something just dynamic and crazy. Like a dynamo, like an energy source, like, a, like an engine. So uh, I just ask uh, tonight that you would um, open, open realms and, and open hearts and um, just a uh, tear down whatever door or wall um, would be there to access your kingdom. Just remove it. The veil's already torn. You have an open invitation. Talking about the things in us. 
maybe even things we've been told. God, I ask that you would bring those out. They would be seen for what they are, whether they be protectives or they be even um, things we depend on uh, other than you, whatever they may be. But God, I ask that by the end of tonight that we'd be 100% just saturated with the the conviction, the, the, the knowing 100% that everything of you is the best we could have. And the kingdom, every single thing we ever need is in the kingdom. And so I ask that you would do that tonight. In Jesus' name, in your precious name, the law of love. So, um, can I uh, drop that just a little bit? Uh, actually, you know what? I'll just drop it like this. I'll just do that. So I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going Is that, is that good? Good. Okay. Yeah, I don't want to, with the wrap on the side. Okay. Um, okay, so Jesus came preaching the kingdom. Right? Yeah. this? Okay. Um, and I want to, I want to, um. Oh man, where do you start? I'll start there. Uh, he came preaching the kingdom, and but what happens is, is we hear a direct, literal statement in the word, and we mysticize the mundane and turn what that said into our mundane daily experience, and in so doing, remove ourselves. It's almost like we unplug it. We're like, you know what? Um, we're gonna. Uh, I'm gonna pray about that. You know what I'm saying? And you don't really pray about it. You think about it. Yeah, you know, we we all do this sometimes. You know, it's like I'm gonna pray about that. Okay, and you know, God bless some of you that pray about it. But I, I think um, a lot of the Christianese has jumped in. You know, we, um, we start using wide-sweeping mystical words to describe the mundane, and then when the mystical and wide-sweeping actually arrives, we don't know how to describe it. And we start describing it in the ways we already describe things, and everybody else thinks we're talking about this mundane thing over here. And what happens is, is we show up into these things that have been described like all the other things we show up to, and all of a sudden it's fully off-putting and even offensive because people are starting to teach things that, that contradict and, and offend. And I don't mean blasphemous statements. We're not saying like Jesus is Krishna or something. We're not, like, we're not going into blasphemy. We're going into what Jesus himself taught and what he purchased for us. And from the beginning of before the foundation of the world, but even the, the creation of humanity, all the way forward, we've been invited and actually um, been created to live in this thing called the kingdom. And when we're, uh, you know, we, we, we do these things, you know, I, I, I love church. I do. I, I love it. I, I love the whole idea. Like, we're all singing to Jesus, and, and I'm not going to say but at the end. And, um, and I love... Uh, when, when things are taught that, that, that challenge me and get me closer to Jesus. And, and I, I love these, the, this reality that we, that we have as, as a body of Christ, that we, um, we're his flesh, bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh. That's why we're his body. And, and he's our bridegroom, and then he's our king. And so we, we serve him as such. And he's also our father, and he's, he's not defined by our fathers. He defines fatherhood. And, 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 and all these invitations, and, and he's friend, and he's... He's, he's priest, and, and there's so much there. And all of it usually makes no sense at the same time, and so we specialize. We, we, I don't mean the fivefold. I don't mean I'm going to be an evangelist or a preacher or a prophet. I, that's not what I'm talking about. I mean specialize in segments of the kingdom, and we get, we get very close to that one segment until eventually we think that is the kingdom. For some of us, God is Father. 
for all of us, but I'm saying, you know what I'm saying? We specialize in it. And all of a sudden, what happens if God is moving in a different way that a father wouldn't move with me, I think it's wrong. Or I can be tempted to think it's wrong. This isn't the Lord because a good father doesn't, doesn't operate like this. Because he's not just father. But we specialize. We say, you know what, here's a, here's a slice of the kingdom and, 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 and eventually I'm going to get so close to it, I'm going to forget that it was a slice and I'm going to think it was the whole thing. And pretty soon our ministerial approaches are based on these things. And the next thing you know, we think that church over there, that movement over there, that denomination over there, this, these people over here somehow don't have the revelation I have and so maybe they need to be brought up to it. And that's not bad. But when it turns into they're not in the fullness because they're not in my slice that's where it gets weird you know why I don't talk about rapture because I don't care because guess where you guys are seated right now you're with Jesus in the heavens already so who cares you've heard me say this before if I do get raptured, like pre-trib, blah, 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 whatever you want to say, okay? Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. If I get raptured, I'm going to be partying harder than any of y'all rapture folks. I will. I promise. Trust me on this one, okay? I'll be like David before the ark, okay? Really. But I just don't care. Because we are called right now to be in the kingdom right now. You already are. What I mean called to be is actually take it up and walk in it. You're actually inside of the kingdom. I'm going to get to the point in a second where I'm not talking about metaphor. I'm not going to triangulate the kingdom. I'm going to talk about what it actually is. Some of you are like, what? Like, really? Yeah, because it's a kingdom. It, it's not a metaphor. It's not something that's ethereal that you can't understand. It's just that so many people, they camp out at the examples. And then we specialize in the examples. And the examples become the kingdom, but the examples are just supposed to illustrate something that when you're not in the kingdom, you couldn't understand. This is what God dropped on me when John Nathan is asking me how I'm doing. He's like, how are you doing? And I'm like, good. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit is like, I'm like, oh, okay. And we're walking in downtown, like just, just him and I, and I've got him some fills. And, and we're walking downtown, and... Next thing I know, like the Holy Spirit is severely doing this in me. And yet it's through the context of how am I doing? Which is his faithfulness because he, he, he wants you to own it. And he, he, you know, so he does it personally. He didn't, he, he didn't just come and say, okay, Brian, here's the five principles. Go preach on it. I didn't even know it was for everybody else. I was so close. If you've seen me the last three or four weeks, I've been a shambles, kind of stressed, Things are a little bit more intense for me. I didn't really know how to feel that as well. And I'm, I'm, just, I'm just trying to be as communicative as I could. But there was something else going on. It's because this work is so deep in me that I couldn't even express it and didn't even know until Jonathan says, how are you doing? How am I doing? And all of a sudden I start talking about these things, these challenges that would even be seen as like common. And, um, and, and we have books written on them on how to feel these challenges for people, you know, like there's, it's funny, I, it's so encouraging. I've, I've told some people that lately, like, hey, there's a few people um, that are really offended with me and Katie, and they're convinced that we actually delight in, um, in, in causing harm or slander or all these other things. And, then, and so I, I, half the people are like, 
that's ridiculous. And I'm like, well, thank you so much for your confidence. I appreciate that. I know in my, in my conscience and in my in, in, in Holy Spirit, the whole thing, I know without a shadow of a doubt that Katie and I do not delight in seeing people squirm and, 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 and slander or whatever else was, was brought up as accusation. But there's a couple people that are just right now in that place. I know that I am the face of previous pain for them. This is what happens when you're the P word. Pastor, not Panda. And, um, and so this is what happens. There's nothing you can do about it. And, and a lot of us, and I'm getting, I'm still talking about kingdom. And yeah, I love you guys. You're like family. It's like back in the day. Okay, so, um, so I, I'm still talking about kingdom. I'm, I'm, I, I'm still triangulating. Eventually I'm going to talk about what it is. But for right now, I'm still triangulating because the, even Jesus did this. He's like, I'm talking about the kingdom. Let me tell you about things you will understand outside of it to get you to, as you're walking in that, will triangulate until eventually you find yourself in this place that is so unnerving and so frightening and at the same time so life-giving and so joyful and then he would say, you're in it right now. And our flesh is like, no, that can't possibly be it. Because this looks just like that one time when I was hurt over here. And, and, and this, look, this could go wrong over here. And, 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 and all, the, all the, the, the world's laws, the world's rules that, you've been, that we've all been trained to obey. I don't just mean follow. I mean obey. It's a master. And it says, duplicate sin. That is your number one priority is to duplicate sin sin. And the kingdom says the entire opposite. The kingdom says there's no sin here. <laughs> it doesn't exist. It just doesn't exist. Which means there's no, there's no way to somehow like juggle the sin and, and make it better later and all that because it doesn't exist in the kingdom. And the only reason we're asked to forgive those who hurt us is because outside of the kingdom, people hurt us. But it's not for us. You know, you hear that? I've even preached this. And you know, in one sense, as far as inside of the confines of the world system, this is still true. Forgiving someone is releasing a prisoner, and the prisoner is you. Yeah. Okay. Inside of the world's confines and rules, that is totally true. Because it's addressing your propensity for bitterness. But in the kingdom, bitterness doesn't exist. And so what happens is, is, is since Adam and Eve fell and all these other things, we've been starting to get acclimated, starting, we have mastered acclimating to the world's idea of what righteousness is. This is what we're doing. And so what happens is, it's like, okay, well, that person isn't righteous because there's a 10 list thing here and they're not doing that one thing. Because we think the list is the kingdom. I want to say this. Um, you, you know, I've been, I've been thinking about this a lot, and it came out kind of like squirrely last week. I don't even care. This week, every one of you, raise your hand if you're not a citizen of the United States. Don't worry, you're not in trouble or anything. I'm just, I'm just totally curious, because I'm pretty sure every one of us is, right? Okay. I just assume we all are. It's okay. Daryl, that's a hot button issue, right? The rules of the world says. Okay, look. Um, yeah. Here's the deal. We're, we're citizens of the United States. You know, you have to know this. If you don't know it, well, get ready. The United States and no government on earth gives you your rights. They don't. God gave you your rights, and a righteous government protects them, and an unrighteous government suppresses them. 
our founding fathers. That's actually in legal documentation. Like our laws are built on this idea. You don't hear it anymore, but this is, the, this is what our laws are based on. You have been endowed by your creator with certain unalienable rights, which means you cannot get it away from yourself. You can never remove the kingdom from you. You can never remove freedom from you, even if every single person around you is fighting against it. So right now, every one of us, we could go to Libya, don't recommend it, and you could go to Libya, and they would fight against almost every freedom that you've been used to. But it doesn't change the fact that you're still free to do those things. They just want to kill you for it. But you're still free. This is really important. This is massive. This is, this is, this is huge, okay? So I'm still triangulating. I'm eventually going to just talk about what the kingdom is, okay? The, so here's the deal. Everywhere you go, you bring United States idea of freedom everywhere you go. That's what we do. How many have been in another country? For specifically third world. Thanks. Cool. Third world nations. Doesn't mean like Europe isn't awesome. I'm just using this as an example. I mean, we, we can debate on whether or not Europeans know what freedom is anymore. But I, I, I can, I'm just going to go over to third world nation, okay? Because it's easier. You're in the third world and, and you know that there are certain things you just can't do. But you subtly know, if not overtly know, that you're a United States citizen. And if they jail you for something... The Navy SEALs show up with helicopters and get you. That is a metaphor for the kingdom. That's a metaphor. That's one. It's a metaphor. Every one of you is a citizen of heaven. That's where we're from. That's who we are. Those are the laws that we obey. Yeah. But we're inside of a third world nation called Earth that tells us something different. It tells you that anxiety will work. Yeah. It does. It tells you anxiety will work, even though it's never worked for one person in the history of the yeah. planet. Mm -hmm. And in fact, you know that if you deal with anxiety, that's where most of the pain in your life comes from. Mm -hmm. But you're mindlessly obeying the world's rules. Uh, yep. Why do we forgive people? Why do we do that? You know what it is? It's this. Now, and here's the deal. The world says you got to protect yourself. you got to get something for this. you you got to trade. You don't give, you trade. Because you don't have enough to begin with. That's what the world tells you. But the kingdom says this. I don't care if you like me or not. Because eventually, it won't matter to you. Yeah. When we're transfigured and glorified, you won't even remember what you have against me. Yeah. <laughs> Why I forgive you is so that you have a direct, clear window into a world that contradicts every rule you hold dear. Through me. Yeah. This is the kingdom. The kingdom says this. The kingdom says there is no such thing as offense. Here. In the kingdom. There's no such thing. But the kingdom is eternal. It, it never goes away. It will never go away. Ever. There were Nate Saints that, that, that quit. No, I'm sorry. Jim Elliott. There's a saying that says that that man is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. I'll say it again in case one or two of you have never heard that. That man is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. If the kingdom has been given to you, you will never lose it. Ever. Ever. And you know what? Right now, if today, for the rest of your life, you decide, no, the world system is better. I'm going to, if, if I'm hurt, I want everybody that hurt me to know how I feel. That's called the sin of wrath. If, if, I'm, if, if today, all of a sudden, I'm like, you know what? 
They hurt me. I'm not going to forgive them so that they'll learn their lesson. It's never happened. And we know that. But the flesh is what we call it. But it's that thing that wars against the kingdom. You know, the Roman says that the flesh wars against the spirit. Yeah. But the kingdom is spirit. So more specifically, your flesh is warring against the kingdom. It's saying, no, the rules of Libya are better than the, world, the rules of the United States. That's what it's saying. And if that was said, you'd be like, whoa, whoa. That doesn't make any sense. And you go to Libya. And you'd start telling people, look, man, I can get you a citizenship to the United States. And eventually I'll take you. But for right now, you need to live free here. You need to trust that the seals will come and get you. And they're like, okay, what does that freedom look like? Okay, it looks like, and you start listing off the freedoms they don't have. And then they go back to their people. Okay, check this out. This is what America is all about. Talking whenever you want. Um, it's, uh, it, it's all about, um, about uh, you have to have a gun. You, you have to have a gun. Because they're just going through the, 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 the Constitution. That's all they're doing. This is what we do when we hear commands of God. That must somehow be the inclusive, like everything inside of those commands is the kingdom. And in reality, someone from the kingdom, the firstborn among many brethren, Jesus, shows up and says, here's what the kingdom looks like. And we're like, okay, good. I got you distilled. Somebody today actually asked me, what is the most concise definition of faith? And I said, faith is actually much better defined without oversimplifying. <laughs> because you would explain faith to each individual person differently. But we want that, and the person that sent it to me, they're in the room, and I love you, and I know you, you really just wanted to be able to, to meditate on it. I know that. But I just want to say this, that sometimes we, we actually do a disservice to the kingdom by oversimplifying it. I have a prophetic word I have to give this guy, and I think God told me to do it on the mic if he calls. So I'm going to be right back. Hey, man. Listen to me. You don't know this, but uh, I'm not going to use your name, so no one knows who I'm talking to right now. But I'm actually on stage preaching, and God told me earlier that if you call during preaching, I'm going to give you this word in front of everybody. So you just hold on, okay? So, you, But I, I need you to listen to this. I'm not going to use specifics, because I don't want to triangulate for everybody else who I'm talking to. But I'll say this much. I believe the Lord told me yesterday to call you and tell you this. That it's time to reap the rewards of your vision. Specifically, specifically, he told me that you are more concerned right now about your investment making money than you making money. It's time to cash in. That's what I heard. I love you. Let's talk later, okay? All right, peace out. All right. <laughs> A friend of mine that's now a multimillionaire. Okay, now, but it's still stuck in investment. Cash! Ow! Okay. Okay. Anyway. Okay. No, no, coming back. Okay. So, it's really funny that God was like, just give this in front of everybody. Um, here we go. We are, we are now part of the kingdom. The kingdom. What this means is, is we are a part of a land that is sans or lacking in the things that we've been trained to address per righteousness. Mm 
I'm going to say it again differently because I've got a layered thing here. We've been trained that what righteousness looks like is when we address the fallen world right. Somehow, righteousness has been... I'm going to keep saying this until I see... I was like, okay. Um, somehow, righteousness is seen not based on what eternal righteousness is in the kingdom, but how well we deal with other people's sins. I'm going to say it again. Yes. Forgiveness is just agreeing that there's no such thing as offense in heaven. You see what I'm saying? It's not like, well, I have to forgive because that's what righteousness is. And I, I, have, to, I have to somehow, like, ugh. You know, like when people like start talking like that, like this would be the best thing. I know, but it's so hard. You know why it's so hard? This is what they're really saying. But all the rules of Libya make too much sense to me. <laughs> You can't just tell me I'm free. I actually get identity from how I look when I, when I respond well to other people's sins. Righteousness has nothing to do with how well you deal with people's sins. Righteousness is a realm. Righteousness is a place called heaven. Specifically, the body of Jesus. The man. <laughs> And the realm is eternal in the middle of undescribable, ever-increasing glory. The, the kingdom is you and Jesus forevermore with none of these things that you've been taught righteousness is dealing with. What happens is, is you get to heaven, there's no such thing as you forgiving somebody. You have no reason to be patient in heaven. There's no reason why you need to give to that person even though they might buy something else with it. There's no reason you should love your enemies because you have none. And we get caught up in this thing meaning righteousness and this thing meaning the kingdom. This thing all of a sudden means the kingdom to us. Loving our enemies. Forgiving those who persecute us. Counting it all joy when we fall into various trial and tribulation. The kingdom doesn't have It just doesn't. It doesn't exist. Right? But here's the deal. What we do is we stand in the place of a list. We, we get lists. And we're like, okay, I need to be righteous. God, you said that um, I, am my, I am your workmanship, created for good works in Christ. Yeah. You know why you were created? For every good work in the heavenly realm. Guess where you're seated right now? Right now, seated with Christ in heavenly places. Right now, you are an emissary of heaven bodily. So when somebody hurts you, this is why you don't, I mean, this is why you forgive them. Because if you don't, you're creating more sin. You're deciding at that moment that you will not be an emissary over here. You actually agree with the perpetuation of sin over here. Yeah. That is why we forgive. We don't forgive for me. And we certainly don't forgive for our own righteousness sake. We forgive because we would be perpetuating something that disagrees with this. It, our unforgiveness shows us that we don't actually believe that we are who we are. Yeah. That is what unforgiveness is. 
It's not like, well, you got to try harder and jump higher and somehow maybe you'll be righteous because you'll forgive somebody. What? Guess what that is? Self-righteousness. You're just motivated by self-righteousness, which also doesn't exist in heaven. It doesn't exist. Because in heaven, you're not worried about what other people think about you. And they're not worried about what you think about them. <laughs> they, could care, they could care less. <laughs> because in every single thing that has ever been brought between two people that would somehow create something that usurps or do, doesn't agree with or fights against Jesus himself is gone. That's the kingdom. And right now, the cross has given that <clears throat> to you right now. Right now. I need water. Because uh, I mean, you have water. They, you have water. Uh, so, <laughs> where was I? So important. Cross. Good cross. That's good. A little more. <laughs> the theme. The kingdom. We're in the kingdom. No, I know that was a whole message. Right now. What? He said the cross. That's what the cross was giving to you. Thank you so much. Okay, that's huge. This is a crux. Okay, this is one of the two or three. Okay. Thank you. Sorry. Yeah, okay. Here's the deal. What the cross has bought for us right now, what the blood of Christ did, it didn't just like legally like forgive your sins, which unfortunately most people are saying that, which that, that includes that. Don't get me wrong. I'm not jumping off into some other weird doctrine here. Of course it forgave your sin. But what does that look like? What does that even mean? You know what it did? It did this. I release you from all the rules of the world. Hallelujah. I release you from every single one of them. I don't just mean the ones perpetrated on you. I now am telling you that you are a citizen of heaven. That you actually truly live in the kingdom. And all these other things are invitations for you to show other people what that is. And I'm telling you over and over and over again what this is. Over and over again. Why is healing and raising the dead considered a milk childish doctrine? Because all you're doing is taking something from here and handing it to someone over here. That's it. The mature doctrines is how much you actually are in there. I'm going to say that again because I think some of you missed that. That's freaking huge. How many of you know that every promise ever given to anyone in the Bible is for you? One person. Hallelujah. Check this out. Every promise that's ever been given to anyone in the Bible is for you. You know how I can prove it? You know how I can prove that? Because every single person that's in God is in the kingdom, and there is no differentiating in the kingdom. Sure, you have... Here's the deal. The self-righteous will say, like, yeah, but there's reward. Yeah, I know there's reward. But it's still through the lens of the rules here. Every single person in the kingdom. The, the kingdom isn't given out in portion. And right. this is what it means when God says, I have no respecter of persons. Right. The kingdom is not given in portion because he is in the fullness. Mm -hmm. The fullness of the Godhead. And everything that God gave Jesus, he gave to us. Yeah. That means that not a single promise has ever been given to anybody that you cannot access through faith. Mm -hmm. Because we are all in one with him. This is what it is. And if, you, if, if something in you is fighting that, I would highly recommend delving into that. And you will find eventually that it still has something to do with differentiating you from other people. Mm. And I'm going to go to point two here. 
There's no comparison in the kingdom. Yay. It doesn't exist. And what self-righteousness lives on is comparison. It lives on it. It cannot exist without it. Think about it. it without comparison, self-righteousness dies immediately. It has no way to operate. Because that's how it sees. That's how it feels. That's how it, it, it decides. Am I better or worse than these other people? How many of you ever known an, an addict, an addict that was ruining their lives? Addicts, anybody? Any addicts? Okay. You know what addicts do? They surround themselves with people worse than them to prove that they don't have a problem. I, I thought you were gasping. You were just. Yawning. I was like, yes, that is gas-worthy. She's just yawning. Okay, but still, yeah, yeah. I thought she was like, oh my goodness. I'm like, yes, it's that big of a deal. Yes. So, can you see why this is such a huge deal for me right now? This is a big deal. This is a turning point for me. This is a big deal. What grace does is no matter what you do, it says, okay, you done with that? Cool. Back to kingdom. That's what it does. That's, that's all it does. All it does. But that's, but that's how simple it is. Oh, you, you, you were deceived? You hurt someone, killed somebody, slept with somebody, did something weird, checked out, watched porn, stole money, blah, blah, blah. This can go forever. Okay, because the accuser loves to make lists. Okay, that can go forever. <laughs> and then Jesus said, okay, right, Mike? Cool, great. Okay, back, back to this. This is why we boldly approach the throne of grace. Right. This is why that is. Amen. This is all about the kingdom. Jesus preaches the kingdom. This is really important. This isn't a side message, you guys. This will define the rest of your life if you allow it to. Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm not just talking about the three points on how to be a good leader. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, God yeah. bless the ones that have three points on being a good leader, but that's not what I'm talking about. This will, this will fundamentally change every single thing you know about the kingdom. Yep. He came preaching the kingdom. And some of us are like, okay, that means he was speaking in tongues. Really, because that's what our denomination told us. Other people, well, he came free, preaching the kingdom. Well, I don't really know what that means, but it's kind of like maybe just some of this stuff. That, believe it or not, that's actually closer. <laughs> the kingdom is a place. The kingdom is a person. The kingdom is actually this place where there is glory and freedom and joy and pleasures forevermore. Pleasure. Pleasures forevermore. Desire isn't your problem. You just don't desire big enough things. Yeah. Serious. Really. We think desire is the problem, but that's what the world tells us. How dare you desire? But if you're going to desire, here's a list of 9,000 things that will completely destroy your life. Desire isn't the problem. It's misplaced desire. It's deceived desire is the problem. The kingdom. The kingdom gives every single satisfaction and adds no sorrow to it. God himself. If you read the Bible through this lens, this will freak you out. Every scripture, you're okay, now I know what that means. Yeah, go back with this, and you're like, oh. He was, he was, he was saying that? Dang. This is, this is, this is the Bible. This is, he came preaching the kingdom. Like, in, in the, in the, uh, um, the nation of Israel, when, when they're in the, the, um, the wilderness, Okay, we keep theorizing about all this stuff. Like, why did it take them 40 years in the wilderness? And you have all these preachers saying why. 
know the Bible actually says why? Do you know what? It says why. God is like, hey Moses, they're already they're already away from me. They don't even like, and this is before grace. Okay, just bear with me here. They, they don't even they don't know who I am, even though I did all this crazy stuff for them already. I mean, you were there, like the book of Exodus. Like I just did all this. They already you've been gone for how many days? They already got all their earrings boiled down that Egypt gave them, and they boiled them all down and turned them into a calf, and they're worshiping it already. Moses is like, nah. He's like, no, I'm serious. That's what's going on right now. He's like, look, this is what... And then Moses walked down with the Ten Commandments. I don't know if you know this, but the Ten Commandments that were in the ark were the second pair. Right. Yeah. It said that he dropped... He's like, what? And dropped the commandments of God and they broke. Yeah. That's a prophetic act. There's something going on there. Yeah. And he goes back up and God's like, don't worry about this, man. Check this out. Remember what I did with Noah? I'm going to do that with you. I'm going to kill all these people in this desert right now. They're just out. This is the Bible. I'm going to kill them all right now. And you and your progeny, you're going to be the, the basically my people going forward. I did with Abraham. I did with Noah. There's like all these th things going on here. And then, remember what Moses said? He said this. If you kill them, and kill me too. If you kill them, you kill me too. Like I, I don't want to have to tell everybody that you led all your people into the desert for them to die. I don't want to do that. If you kill them, kill me. And then God said, basically, okay, we're just going to do it the long way. <laughs> he said that. Okay, but it's going to take a lot of years and a lot of wandering. Why don't people read this sentence? Like, they have all these theories on, like, yeah, if they would have just, dude, if they would have just known, if they would have caught the revelation. No, it's not a revelation. God was like, all right, well, then we're going to wait for y'all to die. Everybody that saw Egypt was dead except Joshua, Caleb, and Moses. But Moses couldn't see because he struck a rock that was actually a prophetic image of Christ. Okay, so all of a sudden, Caleb and Joshua are the only ones that saw Egypt and also saw the Promised Land. Do you remember the difference between Joshua and Caleb and everybody else? Do you remember the one thing, that, the one distinguishing factor? They walk into this place that is impenetrable, that no one has ever beat, and all they're thinking about is what God can do. They were the closest in the Old Testament during that time to seeing the kingdom for what it actually is and what it actually does. Yeah. It conquers everything that fights against it. Not because it's a conqueror, but because sin fights against the spirit. Flesh fights against the kingdom, but the kingdom and, and the spirit doesn't fight. It's just like, are you done? <laughs> cool. And then it just moves. This is why he's ever advancing. This is, this is why his... his, his uh, well, let me jump in. I actually have nine notes, believe it or not. This is amazing. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, Katie's laughing. Everybody's like, can you clap? Oh. Okay. Do, do you remember when, um, okay, you know, Jesus would, would talk regularly. He'd say, like, the kingdom of heaven is like. The kingdom of heaven is like. Yeah. Go back and read those. Yeah. What he's saying is, hey, this one slice of the world that you would be able to understand. I'm triangulating all of this to somewhere that you, you don't think you deserve to be. You don't, uh, you don't understand it at all. And, and I'm telling you things that you already understand about your current world so that you will catch a glimpse of this and believe there's something greater. And what they do is they say, okay, this parable, that's exactly what the kingdom is. Okay, it must be exactly like this, and exactly like this, and exactly like this. 
being a, a, an American citizen must mean you have a gun on you at all times, and you just say everything you think every moment, and just because that's what the Constitution says. Check this out. This is uh, Luke 7, 31-35. says this. To what then shall I compare the people of this generation, and what are they like? This is Jesus speaking. To what shall I compare the people of this generation, and what are they like? They're like children sitting in the marketplace and calling to one another. You played the flute. We played the flute for you, and you did not dance. We sang a dirge, that's a mourning song for a funeral, and you did not weep. For John the Baptist has come eating no bread and drinking no wine, and you say he has a demon. The Son of Man has come eating and drinking, and you say, look at him, a glutton and a tax collector. I'm a, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yet wisdom is justified by your children. When you're walking in the kingdom, you will always look different to the world than what followers of God should look like. Always. When you're walking the when you're when you're inside the kingdom, you know you're in the kingdom. You're discerning and you're walking in the kingdom. The world will always think you're doing it wrong. It will never. You will never look like what they think a follower of God should look like. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. Here's John the Baptist, fully kingdom. And they're all, look at that guy. And then on the other side, Jesus, he's just hanging out with everybody. Probably had the best sense of humor ever, because if you've ever dealt with really intense sinners, they have a more advanced sense of humor. And all the sinners flocked to him. I guarantee you he had the quickest wit on earth. But it wasn't draining. You know, like the new quick wit today? It's kind of like mocking or whatever. No, but I guarantee you he caught up. He kept just with everybody, because he's kingdom. The whole time, all he's doing, Jesus, every moment, he's only doing what his father is saying, kingdom, and he's only, he's trying his best to communicate as much as he has to the people around them, to, to people around him, and you know why he cried at, at Lazarus's tomb, even though he's about to raise him from the dead? He's mourning the, the disparaging difference between kingdom and what we think we need. There's no death in heaven. Some of you think it's a righteous act, I did, to not mourn death. Well, they're either in heaven or hell. I can't do anything about it. Death doesn't exist in the kingdom. Sure, it's rare to not mourn death, but it's not righteous. Righteousness is the kingdom. Death isn't supposed to happen. It's not supposed to happen. What is Brian saying? I'm saying death isn't supposed to happen. Right. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I'm being very practical right now. It's not supposed to happen. It's not God's will. It doesn't exist in heaven. It's not supposed to happen. This is why we mourn it. Now some of us, because of the rules of the world, we take the idea that death wasn't supposed to happen and we install all these other things that we don't get anymore because the person is gone. But they're not gone. You live forever. Every one of us. You live forever. I know. Hit the head of everything. That's sad, right? That never happened to me. <laughs> but check this out. What I want to say here that's really, really important. Just bear with me here. I know she's so cute. The, the kingdom itself. You know, they say like streets of gold and then there's these trees and it's like, you know, pleasures forevermore. And we get all caught up in the practice of it. Especially in the 80s and early 90s. Man. Like, what does this mean? It's like, who cares? It's free over there. Can you imagine if you're like, okay, dude, in the United States, there's a thing called the, the Lincoln Memorial. 
and there's another thing called the White House, and there's another thing called Mount Rushmore, and there's another thing called Yellowstone National Park, and there's another thing called uh, the Bayou, and another thing called the Space Needle in Seattle. And we're like, oh my goodness, what does that mean? It means that there's a whole bunch of awesome stuff there, and you live there. That's what it means, okay? That's what it means. It can be that simple, okay? You don't need to know why one, like, I mean, I'm not saying it's wrong to know this, but like, we get, I'm, what I'm saying is we use these as protectives. But these actually stop us from going forward. Just like you don't need to read a book on this, this is just your reality. Now, of course, a book will do this to what I'm doing and what we do for each other, but the point is, is it, I was listening to a message today by Bill Johnson. He said this, that um, whatever you're doing for the kingdom or for God, if it doesn't move you, it probably doesn't move the kingdom. And I want to slow it down, because the law in us can turn that into this works thing, and da, da, da. that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm saying is, is there's a, there's a place, this is why we have indwelling sin, even though it's completely clean, it has nothing to do with us. This is why that when God didn't create us, that when we, we accept Jesus, all of a sudden we, ha- we don't even have anything in us that would even remotely lean itself to frustration or sin or anger or murder. There's a reason for this. It's because we can then articulate and and oracle the kingdom for others in the context of even us catching ourselves. The, the, what repent, you know what repentance is? Oh, wait a minute, I forgot who I was for a second. That's it. That's what repentance is. Is that easy? Oh, dang. I live there, not here. Man, I was operating in Libyan rules. That's not who I am. No, 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 I'm sorry. Please forgive me for that. That sucks. And then the other way, yeah, of course I forgive you, because that doesn't exist there. Let's keep moving. Yeah. This is the kingdom. This is, this is how we walk the kingdom. This is what it is. This is, this is why we do the things we do. And so um, the kingdom, it's fresh and new every day. Every day it's new. It's ever expanding. It's ever increasing. Oh. The kingdom is another world, and it's the only eternal world. I'm going to go back to this a little bit. Everything that we're holding on to that we think protects us, all the fear, there's no fear in heaven, right? Right. So we're like, yeah, well, I do this because when I was a little kid, this happened to me. Yeah, okay, great. Not great that it happened, but okay, like I'm, I'm, I'm honoring your process, and that's cool, but that is not the high ground. Yeah, I know, but it's just really hard. No, no, no. You're still hanging out in Libyan rules. Yeah. You're supposed to make decisions that protect you. And then once they start hurting people, you're supposed to talk about how hard it is. And then instead of changing it then, then you start talking about why it's there. And then you, then you start thinking about more reasons why it's there, and then it gives you more ammo to keep doing it. This is why psychology rarely, if ever, changes people. Okay, I'm hurting people. I'm not going to change that. What I'm going to do is I'm going to pay somebody a whole bunch of money, we're going to figure out 80 new reasons why I should keep doing that. Really? Go back into your past, man. Let's figure it all out. Who cares about your past? It has nothing to do with who you are. It really doesn't. If you think about, if you think about um, the kingdom, this is really important, you guys. If you think about the kingdom, the kingdom is not counting when you were hurt. The kingdom isn't saying, well, this happened once, so now you have to let it define you for the rest of your life. The kingdom isn't telling you you're an alcoholic. It just isn't. Because you're not. You just didn't know how to deal with pain, and Libyan rules told you that this will help. That's it. 
Yeah, you had a sexualized past, so you watch porn. That's not who you are. It has nothing to do with heaven. The, what, what porn does is it actually, this is why it's such a sin. This is why. No condemnation or shame. I'm just talking about the severity of the lie. Just, just be with me here. What porn does is it trains the heart to be away from relationship in a sexual identity. That's what pornography does. It trains you. It's a constant test, a constant study on what it means to be in the world and how to see intimacy. It's a study. And the lie is, is once I get married, all this will be going, going away. No. Because you're reinforcing that sex has little or nothing to do with relationship. Sex has little or nothing to do with closeness. Sex has little to do or nothing to do with the kingdom. But marriage is kingdom. Marriage is kingdom reality. And so every marriage, every marriage, man, woman, body of Christ, Christ. But people don't think in terms of kingdom. This is why all these churches are ordaining gay bishops and stuff. Because they don't understand kingdom. It's, it's not about hating somebody or loving somebody. That's, that's letting the world define the conversation. You know in your right conscience you don't hate people that are living a gay lifestyle. You know that already. Yeah. But you come under a, an accusation, then you have to define the, uh, uh, defend against the accusation and then go outside the other way of what you know God is saying just to make up for what other people might think of you. Yeah. And the majority of the church thinks like this. Most of us think like this. I think like this in a lot of ways as far as like, okay, well, you know, I mean like, Okay, they're, they're offended, so maybe I should do something outside of my normal um, conscience to get them to understand that I'm not offended. In reality, but it doesn't make any sense. Like being a leader, I, I, I come up against a lot of this. Where I can tell somebody one thing that's completely innocuous, and all of a sudden they will hear it through the lens of what somebody else said to them a long time ago, and all of a sudden there's a problem. There was no problem at all, but they're still believing the lie. And they're putting someone else's sin on me like a jacket. That's good. And all of a sudden what happens is, is I'm just... I'm just loving. Hey, let's go do this. What were you saying? Da, da, da. No? No, you're saying, see, see, now, now you're weird about it. I knew, I knew it. I knew it. But in reality, it's like, no, I'm weird about it because it's not in the kingdom. I wasn't thinking that. I wasn't saying that. And this thing showed up inside of the kingdom that isn't supposed to be there. That's what happened. And uh, even in me, you know when you're in a right conscience or when you're not. You guys, you know when you're like, I don't know if this is the Lord or not. Yes, you do. <laughs> you really do. You really do. Yeah. Yeah. You know exactly when the when the God of the universe is speaking to you. <laughs> you just yeah. do. Oh, yeah. Yeah. When you don't know, it's usually because you're clouding the conversation with things that aren't of heaven. Mm-hmm. They're just not part of the kingdom. You're clouding it. Yep. He was speaking clearly until you started com- like like a, um, comparing. All these other things start happening. Now I'm not I'm not just talking about what we don't do, but this is really important because once again. The differences are immense. So, uh, there you go. I was wondering if you could tell everybody a story. You do that? Yeah. Uh, where's Dean? Is that, is that cordless up here? Freaking off. Okay, so she has a story. Hey, Sam, are you still in the back on your face on the carpet? Is Sam back there? Oh, that was Daniel? Never mind. Okay. Well, then I'll tell Sam's story because he ain't here. Okay, so I'll come up and hand it to you and you can tell a story.
In the context of what I'm talking about, as best you can, I'm not asking you to preach a message for everybody. This is not like a test to the emergency broadcast system, but it is um, very important. How you told me, just tell it. Okay. Yeah, it's really good. Um, but I want you on the mic so people here can hear it. Okay, because it's really important. Yeah. What I'm now doing is I'm giving you examples of what it looks like when we are inside of the kingdom. Give me an example. We could do this all day, but specifically for her. Oh. Awesome. Alright, so the last like two weeks or so, uh-huh. um, the Lord's been teaching me a lot about choice and that the Lord's like welcoming us in to choice and he gave me the two words, um, duty versus delight and then awe versus obligation. And how that controls our life, that we choose to do something out of awe or obligation. Um, and then with that, I am working in a sales job, which is like basically just cold calling financial advisors, and it's horrible. <laughs> and um, the Lord was giving me the option, he's like, you don't have to do this. And it was bringing up a lot of fears in my heart and a lot of things I've been in agreement with, and all this like darkness started coming out, which is really good, because I was like, yes, like I can address this. And so I walked into my job, and not only did I get to, like, proclaim love and, like, affirmation over my coworkers that I'm, like, the only woman there, so they're, like, these very tough, like, manly men, and I'm just, like, loving on them. And then I go in with my bosses and sit at a table and thinking I'm going to have to, like, defend myself of why I'm quitting this job, and instead they come in seeking to understand what I want and, like, desiring to love me, and I got to, like, just tell them what I dream about and what I want in my life. And they're not only going to give me two weeks paid vacation, they're making a job for me what? in my company. <laughs> so I thought I was going to quit. <laughs> and so not only did like all these people come up and like show their love for me that I didn't know existed and like how much they delighted in me, but then I realized I can do this out of wonder. And it was just amazing. And I just feel super blessed right now. <laughs> That is normal. Yeah. Eventually, you won't be surprised. Yeah. <laughs> Sam, he uh, he texted me this uh, a couple days ago. Which Sam? Sam Kuzmenko. How many Sams have we got up in here? I think just one. There's Sam okay. and Ben, brother. Sam and Ben. Sam and Ben. Yeah, whatever. Cool. So um, so Sam Kuzmenko um sent me this. Uh, said this. This is a text message conversation he was having. They screenshotted it. So he's talking to his friend, and his friend speaks first. His friend says, my right shoulder blade, but only when I move my neck. Why? And he said, I was getting pain on right side. And then right after that, it's just like nothing but like, and he's like, Sam, it's gone. What the frick? <laughs> and then a bunch of like random letters. And he's like, and then Sam said, be healed completely in Jesus' name. And then his friend said, that was way too cold for my tiny brain to comprehend. It's like hecka healed. <laughs> and Sam sends this to me. He says, I've never experienced something like this before. And I said, ha ha ha, just keep saying yes. And he said, amen, Jesus is so cool. Now what's amazing is how superhero we make that immediately. We, the world tells us to displace what's actually happening with venerating somebody so we don't have to deal with it. We don't have to deal with it. Once somebody is doing something that's outside of the realm of normal activity that we would normally do, we tend to venerate them. Dude, Heidi Baker is like so amazing. Well, yeah, she is. Great. Fantastic. A really good representation of the kingdom. But not in the way that a lot of us do. 
we either A, put her on this thing where we have to somehow do that, we have to become Heidi Baker, we have to become David Hogan, we have to become this person. But David Hogan and Heidi Baker and all them weren't thinking they have to become someone else. They were just in the kingdom. Yeah. See the difference? How much strife and how much confusion and all that would create? Whereas over here, it's just the kingdom. It's just who you are. It's just who we are. I've said this before. I'm going to say it again. A lot of people get raised from the dead in the third world nations. It's because probably like nine out of ten get prayed over to be raised from the dead. Whereas here, it's totally different. Here, how many how many people do you think in the U.S. actually get hands put on them and asked to be raised from the dead when they die? I mean, you know what I mean? It's like maybe like one out of ten thousand. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And so here we have this like this other reality where we're walking, and you know some of us like okay, well I've seen people get healed. I'm going to experiment with it. Some of the people that and see here's what's interesting too. Have you ever noticed that when you step out and heal, try to heal people, a lot of the times you just don't see it. And then eventually you're like, dang, dude, this is just not working out. Or whatever it is. Man, like, I'm trying to lead people to Jesus. It's just not happening. What is God doing? You know what he's doing? He's asking you to acclimate how you approach that kingdom. Not because you want to be a good evangelist. Not because you want to be like somebody else. There's no comparison in the kingdom. There's no comparison. There's no reason to be like anybody else. So why do you want to do all that? To be a window for this. That's why. You know what the word apostle meant? It's totally incredible. The word apostle, um, it, was a, it was a Roman word. And Rome would go and conquer whole countries and areas. And after they did, and it was secure, they would send in the apostles. You know what the apostles would do? They, they were in charge of changing the educational system, the architecture, the society laws, the culture itself, so that when the king comes, he feels welcome. That's, that's where the word came from. And it was earth-shattering when Christians started using that. I'm an apostle of the Lord. Whoa, whoa! Oh. You're a what? <laughs> yeah, he's already conquered everything. I'm, I'm quoting Paul. I'm paraphrasing Paul right now. I'm an apostle of the Lord, called by Christ to bring the kingdom of God. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is why he's writing all these letters. Philippians, Corinthians, all these things. But you can't discern the kingdom just by what he is um, uh, uh, challenging the church in Corinth with, because they had a whole other set of sin issues. <laughs> Corinth was jacked up. Bro, like, we got to go back to the first church. You would not want to be in the church of Corinth. <laughs> Really? Okay? Like, we gotta go back. We don't have to go back. We go forward. Yeah. I don't care about the church in the book of Acts. God bless them. I'll see them in heaven, okay? <laughs> they had their own issues. We create all these rules and these, like, it's still Libyan law. I just say, law. It's still law. Well, you know what? The first church used to, like, give all of their money and lay it at the feet of the disciples. You know, like, not even care, dude. So that's what we should be doing. <laughs> As soon as I hear the word should, it reminds me of Libyan law. You don't hear that word in the kingdom. Because there's no shoulds. Should denotes something wrong that needs to be right. But the kingdom, there's nothing wrong in it. Beware of the shoulds. <laughs> Seriously. You know what I'm saying. Dude, if I stood up right now, I'm like, you know what, you guys? We should be praying more. We should be actually loving God. 
Can you just feel it? It's like this thing that shows up. I hate the shoulds. Because the shoulds have nothing to do with heaven. You can't find a should one time with Jesus. You don't use it. This is what he says. He, Jesus is like, like, what, what do you need? I need you to heal my daughter. I, I love this. Because Jesus speaks directly into how she sees the world. And directly what Jews have put over her and everything. He goes, you know, it's not right for, um, what did she say? It's not right to give the, um, the food for the children to the little dogs. And then she says, yes, but um, something about, yeah, but, but, it's, but it's, it's, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, but, but even a, like the servant could eat the crumbs from the master. And she goes, and, and I love it. Because very few times when Jesus is amazed, and that was one of them. He's like, oh, wow. Like you just touched kingdom. You disobeyed every law that was told you that wasn't kingdom and pushed forward into my goodness. That's amazing. That's why that was so amazing. It's because she was told, okay, look, you have all these people. They've been offending you your whole life. The Jews are calling you dogs, literally. Um, the Jews are like, are like saying you're not worth it. You're goyim. All these different things. Like, like just basically you're not, you're not good simply because of who you were born to. And then Jesus sees what's in her heart and in front of everybody says the exact same thing. You can say, well, that, that wasn't really diplomatic. Okay, well, take it up with Jesus. I mean, like, I mean, if you know more than Jesus, okay, but like, come on, really? I mean, at the end of the day, he was talking kingdom. But he used the, the, the vehicle of offense and gave her this beautiful invitation. You know, in the movies, it's always like Jesus with his disciples, like, walking around, and some person just runs up real fast, like, hey, can you, <laughs> you know? Um, but when you look at context, that's never the case. Like, they, they give you context. Like that's, I talked about this a couple weeks ago with the, the Ethiopian eunuch on his, on his chariot reading. And it said that Philip ran up to the chariot. The chariot's still moving. Hey! What do you mean? And eventually he puts him in the chariot. But here's the, here's the point of all this. It's that Jesus was so incredible with getting the kingdom in front of everybody. And so it says that like they're... Um, they were with people. He was reasoning. He was like, he was teaching. And she had been listening this whole time and was like, hey, can you heal my daughter? And I get, Jesus never mentioned one word that didn't have a point. Okay? Incredible. Because it's kingdom. So here he is. He's like, huh. Who knows what he was preaching before that? Maybe it was actually on this very subject. And so, like, the, the subject of being loved by God for everybody, not just the Jews. And then he goes, you know, it's not right for uh, the, the, the children's food to be given to the dogs. Because he already knows what's in her heart. And she goes, ah, but <laughs> even the dogs eat the crumbs. He's like, go your way, she's healed. Amazing. Totally amazing. Because she chose that moment to let down, I'm speaking to everybody in this room, speaking to me, that she decided to grab all of the rules of the world that justify and, and compare and all these things, and she dropped them all and said, kingdom only. Mm -hmm. Literally, even if I'm destroyed, kingdom only. Mm -hmm. And he's like, go your way, she's healed. 
Remember the centurion? Yeah. And he's like, he doesn't even come himself. Right. He sends his, 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 his servants. Right. And, and he says to his servants, I'm not even worthy for you to come under my roof. He's actually uh, repeating a lie of the Gentiles, that Jews cannot come into the house of the Gentiles. But he doesn't even care about that. That doesn't become a stumbling block. Yeah. It's not a scandal to him. He's like, dude, that's what it is, whatever. Would you heal this, this man? Would you heal him? And Jesus is like, just go tell him he's healed. That's amazing. That's totally incredible. Because he, he's like, he, he actually said, he goes, he goes, he goes. His his full message was, look, you don't even have to come because I know what it means to be an authority in my small way, in the in the rules of the world. I know that I can tell my my, my servant to do this, and they do it immediately. Everyone is your servant. Just tell him he's healed. He that's kingdom. Everyone is your servant. Everyone. Including sickness. You're its master. You just tell, you just say it. You don't even have to come. And you know what, you know what Jesus said? It says that he was amazed. Dude, try amazing the God of the universe. That's amazing. You know what I mean? <laughs> Literally. And so, um, and he goes, he goes, Whoa. and he's shocked. He was like, dude, even in Israel, I haven't, I haven't seen this faith. What he's saying is, Israel, I'm your king. I can do anything. Anything. And I'm for you. I actually want to conform your life. This is point three. I want to conform your life to the kingdom. Because that's where you already live. You are kingdom. You're not just a body that can walk in and out of the kingdom. You're in it right now. And that self will never die. And this is the fleeting. This is the... And this is where it gets interesting because New Agers talk about this, but they don't know the second part. It's all illusion, man. Okay, what's the real? I don't know, man, but this crystal is amazing. <laughs> Look, the real is the kingdom. The, 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 the fleeting. The fleeting. This isn't an illusion. Just put a pin in your hand. You will know it's not an illusion. Um, but it's fleeting. It's not eternal. This will go away. Now, some people are teaching, well, heaven is there, or earth is heaven. You guys, there's just some scriptures that aren't really talked about in there. Like when Peter says that every element will melt with fervent heat, and then a new heaven and a new earth. Sure, like, yeah, we'll be here, but this most likely will be pre-flood or, I don't know, something. Something really amazing. And then he says that he brings... The, the, the Zion of God, the, the new Jerusalem to us. But at the same time, he calls us the new Jerusalem. And he calls us Zion. You know what that is? It's all of us seated with Christ in heavenly places, coming down to who we are. Boom. That's what that is. Because how can you give Zion the new Jerusalem, Zion the new Jerusalem? He already says that's who we are. This is amazing. Okay. This is all last 48 hours, okay? Like, this, this is intense for me, okay? Like, he's like, how are you doing? And I'm like, like, well, ah! Like, it's really intense. It's all freezing cold. I don't, have a, I don't have a jacket. We're, like, walking around with, like, 20-mile-an-hour winds in downtown, and this is happening. I want to say for every one of us, every one of us, when you know what you want to do, but you don't do it, you know, like Paul was saying this, I don't do the things I want to do, and I do the things I don't want to do, blah, blah, blah. But he's talking about a grander thing called the kingdom. Because his point was, it doesn't matter. <laughs> That's pretty much the point. If you read Romans, you get to Romans 7, and he's like, well, the things that I don't want to do, I do, and the things that I, I, I do want to do, I don't. But, there's a but. There's a but with a comma. 
And, and what happens is, all of a sudden, like, he goes into <laughs> Romans 8, and he says, there is therefore now no condemnation. That's huge. And then he goes into Romans 9. Hey, there's a bigger plan you don't even know about anyway. It's called predestination. And you go to Romans 10. And it talks about how salvation is actually accessed. And in Romans 11, pretty soon you get into all these like amazing things, outdoing one another in honor and all these other things. is because he understood the kingdom and he's, he's trying his best to get these Romans to understand it. This is our life. This is what evangelism is. There's a kingdom and there's a king. And you have free access. That's what evangelism is. Not, I have to get you to say five sentences. Do you see what I'm saying? Can you see how that five sentences thing is already that distillation and they think it's the kingdom and it's not? Now granted, I was handed the five sentences. Hallelujah. Most of us were. But that's not the, that's not the kingdom. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a way to get to the kingdom. Of course you need repentance. That doesn't make any sense if you didn't. Because you would, you're turning from, from dead works, which is everything that we're talking about that we do, to the kingdom where dead works don't even exist. That, and then Jesus is like, oh yeah, I totally made the way. You want it? Cool, you're in. That's salvation. That's what salvation is. Justification by faith? Fine. It means that he says, you're good, you're righteous now. You know why? Because you're seated in heaven. Now you're just working out that with fear and trembling. Not, I'm afraid of God, I'm trembling before him. More like, okay, man, I'm doing a lot of damage. Man, I'm believing a lot of lies that don't exist in my eternal home. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, man. So this, so now I'm coming to Kairos now. Like, all of us, this is where we go. This is how we manage our sin. This is how we are, 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 are befriending each other and, and getting married and having children and, and growing this thing. This is what we're doing. This is, this is the, 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 the very deepest part of who we are is where we are and who we're there with. It's that easy. Every single Christian call, when I call, you know, every, everything we do for Jesus is to get the kingdom. That, that's it. I don't mean get it. We're already there. I mean get the kingdom to other people. Hey, this isn't working for you. Yeah. There's a kingdom. Yeah, when yeah. you start speaking this language, it makes sense because every single person's spirit knows that's true. Yep. That's right. why it says the kingdom of God is written on our heart. <laughs> the kingdom... <laughs> this is still new for me. <laughs> These scriptures keep coming up. Look, the, the, the point of all this is that all of us would run our entire walk with Jesus through this lens forever. This is what we're doing. It's taken me years to be able to communicate this. Fine. We're here now. This is how we deal with sin. This is how we deal with people. This is how we deal with our internal protectives. And this is... It just makes sense all of a sudden. It's like your protectives, like those things. What I mean by protectives... You know what I'm saying? Like, well, you know, like, I was hurt, so I'm not going to trust. You know what that's really saying is? I felt the sting of withholding love, and now I'm going to withhold love. You're duplicating the sin. That's what it is. It's, it's wrath. Any reason why you wouldn't be walking in the kingdom with every single other person is a lie in there that fights it. No matter what it is. Any reason why you are not living kingdom with everybody around you and yourself 
you are believing a lie that fights the kingdom. And the urgency of that, not the emergency of that, the urgency. I would even say, some of you, it's an emergency. Good. But we're not putting emergency on anybody. This is, this is access by faith. The Lord draws us into these deeper things. This is what happens. And so we, we figure out ways that we can, that we can somehow, like, uh, that we can live in the kingdom. And those work for a while. And then God's like, okay, now I'm taking you deeper, and those things are now getting in the way. Like when I first met Katie, I, um, you've heard me say this story, but I had this thing, and God was like, okay, I don't want you um, basically, like, even befriending women. Okay. And I was one of the two worship leaders at The Rock, and there was a lot going on then, and I remember this. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I, I would, I'd come off stage, and there'd be like six people waiting for me. I love your worship. I mean, in my head, like, I mean, in one sense, I'd be like, thank you, but in another sense, I'm like, what were you doing during that time? You're like, what was happening there? You know, like, somehow it was, it was becoming about me instead of, a, and it was scaring me. And I was like, God, I don't know what to do with this. And he's like, well, you know, I got all that. But for me, I started going into these other things. I'm like, okay, God, I want, I want things you can hand me to, to hinder me getting the glory. Whatever that is. Like, I will take it. And I told you about this. Like, when I first got saved, I was wearing, like, like grandpa, like, uh, like comfort shoes. And, like, I could only, I, I could feel the Lord. He told me this. Like, you can only buy clothing at Ross or Marshalls or TJ Maxx on the clearance rack, only business casual. Dang. And then he's like, you can only get your, your haircut at this one place, this Korean place, but they only did one haircut. <laughs> serious. Well, what happens is, like, I started doing that, and pretty soon I would get around other guys and girls that also had all these rules on them that were like, okay, well, I can't do this, can't do this, can't do this. But they'd been saved for heck of long, and I sensed there was a difference. It's because I didn't think that this was my life with Jesus. I just knew that that's what he was handing me then. And eventually, I would, like... He would say, okay, you can get by, you can buy this now. Like, go, go there. I was healing something in you. I was healing your, your desire for fame and to be cool and all that stuff. But, but the, in that, I desired for these lies to, be, to, to no longer have a hold on me, to have no control over me. Because if you guys have ever dealt with uh, the desire for fame, you are a freaking confused mess when you're in that. You are. Because... Because it's not about Jesus. It's not even. It's not about closeness. It's all weird. And what happens is you get your confusion follows that every time, because it's out of order. You're not supposed to be promoting yourself. God does that. That's not. That's not. That's not the. That's not the order of things. So here I am. All of a sudden, like I'm starting to. You know, because I was 28, and you know, and and there were some girls. You know, whatever, and. It just got a little interesting. For me, I'm like, okay, God, I don't want to deal with all that. Because I remember how manipulative I was before I got saved. And I can still sense those mechanisms. And I don't want this to spill out on anybody else. I mean, I would use language now. I want the kingdom for that. But at the time, I would just say, I don't want to hurt anybody. That's how I used to say it. I just don't want to hurt anybody. And so God was like, okay. Then don't befriend any women. And just be cordial. But that's it. Like, no more. So I'm like, okay. And all of a sudden, like within a week, everywhere I went, like in, in Roseville, because I was, you know, I was one of the two worship leaders, these single girls, like early 20s, would be like, hey, Brian, what's up? And, and I would literally do this, I'm like, 
cool. <laughs> and I would just walk away, like I'm like a jerk, you know. And um, and these and these girls would like like, but it was it was an inordinate amount all of a sudden. It was like this this weird thing that was happening every three or four days. And I'm like, eh. and it's not like all of a sudden I'm like, look at me. It's not what's going on. It was just more like this other thing where God had said, okay, do this, and blah blah blah. Well, this is right after I got a prophetic word from Havilah that said 30 was going to be my year. And that God was going to tell me what the next 10 years of my life was going to be ministerial-wise, and I was going to meet my wife. And after you told me that, I'm like, okay, you got to protect us, because I know. Because if you tell me that, I'm going to be like, which one? Which one? Oh, you did? You did? And that's weird. You know the, you know the wife hunters? You know, it's just kind of, it's, it gets not interesting, you know what I mean? Or husband hunters, for that matter. Um, yeah. It's like you're worshiping, you're like, this person's still looking at me, you know? Um, okay, so, <laughs> look up to Jesus, it's cool. Um... So what was happening is, is, all, is what was happening is, um, all of a sudden, through a series of God-ordained moments, I met Katie, and yet I was a fellow jerk. She's like, she's like, yeah, blah blah, blah. like, aren't you so and so and so? I'm like, mm-hmm. and I would just peace out. Like I was just like a jerk, you know. Um, well, through a series of events, God actually came in and changed the rules. What I'm saying here is that just like He talked to that woman. What we, but he, when she said, but even the dogs eat the crumbs. He actually used the vehicle of her cultural offense to get her into the kingdom because she had an opportunity to choose something outside of that and continue to pursue Jesus. Yeah. So to close, I want to say for every one of us, every one of us, we are given that opportunity because he's faithful every day. Every single day he gives us that. And sometimes it's more, sometimes it's less. But he will bring offense. He will. He will actually bring offense. That is in the word. Okay? So it's like, well, no, no, he's a loving God. He is a loving God. And how on earth would you possibly be able to choose the kingdom when you're offended if he doesn't bring it? Or at least things are offensive. Because he's training you inside of it. It's called sanctification. You're, 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 you're hanging out in Libyan rules learning how to be an American. More specifically, you're hanging out in law learning kingdom. That's why it's count it all joy when you fall into various trials and tribulations. That's the only context that makes sense. Everything else is like, well, they're superheroes. They count it all joy. No, it's kingdom. You're being invited into kingdom in that very moment. I'm going to get a little more uh, transparent here. Every once in a great while, you guys just stay kingdom here. Okay, just really, just, yeah. just, what I'm about to say is not anything like, oh, what is he saying exactly? What does that mean? I don't need 80 phone calls next week, okay? Like, just trust me on this. We're cool. That's the reason I'm saying all this. There is a, uh, a principality, like a, a spirit that hates the prophetic. Okay, and I'm not going to start talking more about it, and I don't want anybody to say his name or whatever. That's not what we're doing. It hates the prophetic. It uses manipulation, lying, lust, slander. All these other things it starts using. And I believe that God actually has shown me, which is so funny. Remember last week when I just did deliverance and yet never, like, we didn't shandai on people or anything? Like, I just was just calling things out. If you were confused by last last week, it's because God was having me... Week before. Wow. Okay. Uh, okay. So um, what's happening is I literally, God was showing me the different demonic strongholds and different things that people believe and all these other things. And he was, he was saying, I want you to remove those. And then I said, okay, are we going to have a whole bunch of like, like manifestations? He's like, no, they're not allowed to do that. 
okay. And so that entire sermon, half of it, I was like, are we ever going to get to the message? And finally, that God's like, I was like, okay, this is the message. All right, check. Well, he's, he's come to another place in communicating this, I believe, to me. There's a specific demonic stronghold that wins a lot of the time because it preys on people's adherence to the law, not the kingdom. It preys on it. And it actually gets to use other lesser demons than itself to accomplish that end. That's why it uses manipulation. That's why it uses protectives. That's why it uses lust. That's why it uses lying and slander and all these other things and gossip. The reason is because its job is to acclimate a body of believers back to the laws of a fallen world. And yet God is endeavoring to get us acclimated to the laws and rules of the kingdom. Is that good? Yeah. yeah. And this is what, when we say, I don't like religion. I don't like legalism. You know what that is? It's any system that tries to get your righteousness and um, relationship with God to be defined by how you deal with the world. That's what religion is. People say, like, oh, religion is trying to work for it. Well, yeah, because that includes what I just said. Kingdom, on the other hand, tells you to remove all of it. It's just disregarded. Completely disregarded. Just walk in kingdom. When, when we put our hands on people and pray for them and watch them get healed, when Sam over the phone calls his friend, hey, dude, I'm getting right shoulder. He's like, what? He's like, yeah, dude. You know, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden his friend is like, what? It's gone. What happened? What happened there? It's kingdom. Kingdom showed up. Kingdom. All of a sudden, Sam, through the phone, is an oracle for kingdom. And so Jesus asks us to believe. The difference between faith and belief, for that one that asked me about faith earlier, faith is something God gives you, and belief is a matter of the will. That's why Jesus always said, just believe. You sure he'd say, oh, you have little faith, but he'd say, but believe. Believe. Hold on to that word. Oh, you have brief faith. If you only had a, he says that, oh, you have brief faith. If you only had a the faith as small as a mustard seed, you could tell, not pray, but tell that mountain to move, and it would be cast, it would cast itself into the sea. The idea, the, 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 the roaming, beautiful, ever-expanding, ever-increasing kingdom is that he wants all of us to increase, to advance, to, to, to constantly build on what's already there. God is interested in our advancement and increase. He is. What you think I'm going to say next would probably have a lot to do with what you've already been taught. Like, okay, he's probably going to talk about money. He's probably because if he does that, then man, it's like, like a prosperity thing. Oh, maybe he's going to do this over here, and then maybe that over there. And, and like, check this out. God is interested in our advancement and increase. I'm going to say it again, and I want you to think about your bridegroom and your king and your father and your friend and your priest. And I want you to, to realize that nothing I just said is outside of that. In fact, I'm only scratching the surface on what those things... Because you know what? He's not your father. Bear with me here. He's not your bridegroom. Those are slivers that will let you peer into his completeness. 
And this is what I started with, and I'm ending with this. He's not, I'll put the word just, but it's a little bit more important. He's not your father. He is your father and more. He's not your bridegroom. He's your bridegroom and more. He's not your king. He's your king and more. It's doing that. God is, in, I want you to think about this for a second. Think about a bridegroom, a newly wedded husband. I want you to think about a benevolent king that never did and never will make a single mistake that is so good, his very existence defines goodness universally. I want you to think about a father who is such a benevolent father that he always knew and always knows and always will know exactly what you need before you even know it. He will never neglect, he will never abuse, he will never control. These are all just glimpses into who he really is. God is invested and interested in our advancement and increase. How could he not? How could he not? That's who he is. That's what the kingdom itself is. And this must become, this, this statement here, must become who, more of who we are here at Kairos. It must. It must. I pulled a should. I don't care. <laughs> it must. Why else wouldn't it? What possible reason would we have to not say that it must? It's a, it's, a, it's a spiritual loving imperative that we would taste more of the kingdom. That we'd actually walk in it. Physically walk in it. I mean, I, And I'm not just talking about physically walking and healing people. I mean walking those streets before you breathe your last breath in your body. Literally. Like being taken up into the heavenly realms. Like there's angels and stuff going on. There's worship and admiration and glory and, and revelation and decrees that you can actually go up and say, I want that. Cool. And bring it back down, like a character of God. And you bring it back down, and you're like, this is for right now. Boom. Yes. Yeah. I am not being metaphorical. That's I'm awesome. being practical. Yeah. Okay. Good. And his government... Who he is, his kingdom, his kingdom is his government. Of the increase of his government, there shall be no end. It doesn't just say his government won't end. It says the increase of yeah. his government will not end. This is what we're dealing with. We're dealing with food that never perishes. We're dealing with a kingdom that is ever expanding, that never has an end to its expansion. It never ends. This is the kingdom. This is what we're called to walk in. This is what we're called to enjoy and, and cast our cares upon. This is so freedom-giving, so life-giving. It, 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 nothing can stand against it. There's no law against it. There is no law against these things. So what I want to do is I want to take communion. In a completely different <laughs> overarching paradigm, right? It, 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 who he is is multifaceted. He's not like, okay, well, I can only give you this blessing today, but then tomorrow we won't do that, and I'll give you this blessing instead. No. His government is ever-increasing, ever-increasing, without end. Keeps going, keeps going. That means that whatever thing you got from the Lord already, you keep it. And it gives you something else over here. Can you see why that statement I said earlier that sounded blasphemous makes a million times more sense possibly to some of you? Yeah. When I said this, 
that every promise that's ever been given to anybody in the word is for you, if you'll take it. If you will take it, if you want it, what's, what's going to happen is you're going to come full force right up against what you think God's limitations are and what you've been told about him from a fallen world. The only women I know that have had painless childbirth are the ones that stood on the promise that every curse was broken, including painful childbirth. And I know six. (laughs) What is that? It's because there's a promise, and they said, you know, that promise is for me. Boom. That promise is for me, I'll take it. And other of us, some of us are like, you know what, but then the Libyan rules say you have to, you know, he, he doesn't have enough promise for me. He doesn't, he doesn't have enough. That, that somehow he has to ration these things out. But he doesn't bless need, he blesses faith. He blesses the kingdom in you. He blesses the kingdom. You know that whole thing? I say this before, but now all this is in new light. I know this is going on long. I don't care. This is good. So good. <laughs> that was funny, yeah. So good. <laughs> we have this, um, <laughs> this, uh, like a, well, for the honest with you, we're, re- we're really, I mean, I'm going to use some strong language, but it doesn't even matter. We are, we are being, we are invited and empowered to burn down. Everything that exalts itself with the knowledge of God in us. Our weapons are not carnal. They're not a sword. They're not a spear. They're not a gun. I mean, I would like a car canine. At least with some like grip, but that's not what we're talking about, okay? What I'm talking about is this. Your weapons of warfare come from the kingdom. Guess what your weapon is? It's the kingdom. That's what it is. And it manifests in different ways. But it's mighty in God, mighty in God, strong, ever vigilant, nothing can win against it, in God, for pulling down, tearing down, burning down, destroying all vain imaginations. That means things you believe to serve yourself that aren't true. That includes, I don't trust people because I've been hurt. That's something you imagine to serve yourself. That's a vain imagination. That's what it is. That includes, um, I can only give this much because this, uh, to to this person because they might buy crack with it. That's a vain imagination. Believe it or not, that has nothing to do with that guy. It has everything to do with your own resources and your own thing. And Well, I need to make sure that I'm the one making sure that everything's okay with this. Did God ask you to give that? Then shut up. (laughs) He knows what he's doing. Yeah. He doesn't. He's, he didn't start. Oh, foolish Galatians! Did we begin in the spirit only to be perfected in the flesh? No. And that includes each thing that God asks us to do. And guess what? If you do it, quote unquote, wrong, it doesn't matter because all of it is under the blood. All of it is is inside of this loving God that says, "Cool. Are you in your right mind now? Cool. Come back to me. It's cool. Don't even worry about it. You're, you're right back with me. You're right back." This is what the cross did. It's the most incredible thing that's ever happened in the universe. Really. Nothing more and nothing nothing better has happened in the entire universe, the history of everything, than Jesus on the cross. And you know what? There's going to be something better. <laughs> it's called 
Zion and the New Jerusalem, when we're actually inside of him and he's inside of us and we're actually, dare I say it, one being. Collectively. You think the Trinity's weird? <laughs> They're having a billion souls and Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit all wrapped up in one. And, and, and so the kingdom itself, the, the kingdom itself, when we're inside of the kingdom, when we're, we're inside, and you know what? All around us, every moment, the kingdom is, is not a tangible. It's an intangible that creates tangible. It's an intangible here. But you know what? Even that. He's like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to make it tangible. And all of a sudden, you're walking down the street heavy. You're like, this is crazy. I don't know what's happening right now. And there's people that have, that have experienced these things. Ask for these things. Bethel would say, ask for the more. Yeah. Ask for the more. You will be labeled, labeled a heretic and a fool if you actually start living only kingdom. Really. You'll be a blaspheming heretic, just like Jesus and John the Baptist. <laughs> They'll find some way that you're not lining up with how they think someone that follows God should look like. You're going to bust out of that, those lists very quickly. This is one of the reasons I don't want to make a syllabus and a mission statement for Kairos. Mm -hmm. Thank you. <laughs> because originally when you make those things, like the Constitution or other, these other things, what it does is, is, what it's doing is it's saying, here's a foundation we can have freedoms around. And the next generation says, here's the only freedoms you're allowed to have. Mm -hmm. And this is what we do with the Bible. Yeah. Yeah. We do it. We do it. Brian talking like something else, like blasphemy. See what I'm saying? What did I say wrong? But I know that there's some of that. I'm telling you that the Bible does not limit your freedom. It doesn't say you can only be this. You can only, you can only pray, pray for the sick. You can only raise the dead. You can only be forgiven. You can only love your neighbor. No, the kingdom in its fullness is being illustrated through those things. The kingdom is actually something way beyond. Do you see what I'm saying? These are just hints of it, splinters of the forest. Or the planet. Okay. So, um, so if we can get up, um, if somebody can come over here and hold. Uh, actually, you know what? We're going to keep it on the, now that I think about it, let's keep it right here so that there is any kind of droopy. We can try to, you know what, dude, you're right, you're right. You just bring it no, I got this. I got this. Okay, so everybody can just come up. You guys on this side. You guys on this side. Um, and just quickly, just do the thing. Blah, blah, blah. Get the thing. Don't talk. We're going we're gonna, to um, do this. And um, what I, what I want to do, as, you, as you're walking, so I know you're with people, but I still want just just listen to what I'm saying here. I know, I know you're with people here. Um, yeah, just, just listen to what I'm saying. It's okay. It's okay. We can do this. I promise. Um, then we're talking about... Um, Eating the flesh of Christ and drinking his blood. What's happening here is, is you're actually eating something that's in the kingdom right now. Are, are, you, are you hearing me? Mm -hmm. You're actually eating something that's in the kingdom. You're actually eating food that never perishes. If you read John 6 in the light of what I've said tonight, it makes so much more sense. This is food that never perishes. His spirit gives life to your mortal body. We're, all, we're talking about kingdom. We're talking about his very real and tangible kingdom. Awesome. Yeah.
So this is what I'm going to do. This is going to be a pretty short and sweet. Um, Yeah, so um, look, I know that God has told me a couple things about the future of Kairos, and one of them is that we would have a culture of celebration, a culture of praise, specifically during worship. I know this, and I know that um, in heaven, there is an incredible amount of celebration. When he says to worship him with the dancing and the drums and the timbrels and the stringed instruments... Um, this is one of those areas that I know that God is going to challenge us in, not in a legalistic challenge at all, but just a challenge, just like he challenges everything else that fights against the kingdom, to not, um, to not rely on our past experiences of worship, but actually press into celebration, even if we don't even know how to do it. Like you and, like you and me and Mitchell and, and Isaac and maybe other people as well, like I think he's taking us to places that are unfamiliar for us. And that will actually like fight against our automatic pilot, like actually like maybe sped up tempos or different things going on, and not just the Nashville sound and or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, but I, I know that God is doing that, <clears throat> and um and He's going to to cure through that process certain limitations that we put on what it means to worship God through music. I think it's really beautiful. I know for a fact. That very soon, in the next couple months, I know that there's going to be a lot of dancing up in here. It's going to be hot by the time we leave, you know, that whole thing. Um, we're going to have to start cranking the air conditioner when it gets summer or whatever. But all of this is symptomatic of Jesus himself saying, I'm bringing the kingdom into the tangible atmosphere of Kairos. I'm actually going to remove barriers, remove veils. To actually manifest my kingdom inside of the very rooms that Kairos meets in. And actually inside of the hearts and on the actual physical bodies of Kairos members. When I say Kairos members, I just mean anybody that wants to come in. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. It's not like a cabal. Okay, so, um, so Lord, right now, we take your flesh and blood... And we say that somehow in the kingdom, right now, in the kingdom of heaven, right now, that when we discern this, we are actually eating your flesh and drinking your blood literally. Whatever that looks like. I don't care about the math. I don't care about the quantifications of it. I don't care. What I do know is that this is food that will never perish and that the increase of your kingdom will never end in us and through us. And so with joy and gratitude and freedom, we partake of your flesh and your blood. Come on! Come on! And one more thing. I love doing this. I believe it's the Lord most of the time. What I want to do is on the count of three, I want to yell something. There's something about this. You can go back into Jericho. You can see different things. But what I want to do is I want to yell something. Okay? And what I want to yell is, Jesus, your kingdom is where I live. Is that good? Yeah. 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 And then we're going to end this whole thing, right? So on the count of three is, Jesus, your kingdom is where I live. On the count of three. One, two, three. Jesus, your kingdom is where I live.
Okay, we are free always, but um, you are free to wander around and love on people. Yeah. Uh, one more thing. You know what? I'm sorry. I just totally faked you guys out. There's one more thing. Um, one more point. Yeah, one more point. No. Um, no, this is actually a practical thing that I was asked about. Um, so Laban and Caitlin have been very faithful um, in whatever God's asking them to do. Their bills are paid currently up to that, um, but they're um, they're requesting gas money and food money. Um, and above and beyond what you're already called to support Katie and I in this building in, if you could just be led of God, just hand the Laban and Caitlin something, and that's it. Hallelujah. All right.